T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 7i. The ticket over the next hour, we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. We'll start off, of course, with last night, UFC 265 from Houston, Texas, as you had Cyril Ghosn become the new interim heavyweight champion of the world, uh, you know, making very easy work of Derek Lewis and finishing him in the middle of the third round TKO victory for Cyril Ghosn a, a really really beautiful clinic of striking from him um, just had everything working for him and you know I think what probably surprised a lot of people is it's not exactly like he uh, tried to negate Derek Lewis and neutralize him and take him down. Uh, you know, there were a couple of times where, you know, he he bit on Derek Lewis feints and went out of the way, but that's uh that's kind of understandable when you're going up against a guy with the power that that Lewis possesses. I think the thing that was just so impressive about what he did was just the versatility that he came with, the different stances that he came with, uh, and just the devastating punishment that he put on that lower leg. Look, I mean, we've seen now, uh, just time after time, the work that fighters are are putting into that lead leg, especially against just dangerous power punchers and, and guys who um, really are always loading up, looking for that big one-time shot. And if you are light on your feet, if you are versatile, if you're able to put in that work, uh, it's going to pay dividends for you because it's going to be hard for your opponent to really rally from that. And, and that was the case. You know, Cyril is... Uh, as much as I don't like the fact that this was for an interim title, um, his performance, I don't want to say erased a lot of that that negative feeling about what tonight was because it didn't feel like, uh, even with him getting a belt wrapped around his waist, it didn't feel like a, a, a championship coronation by any means. Just kind of a weird uh, token on to the next fight. And, and we'll get into that in just a little bit, but... As far as his performance, his performance is masterful. And he and I do think that he does look like a guy who can give Francis Ngannou legitimate problems because he just has a lot of stuff that nobody else in this weight class has other than John Jones. And I think in a lot of ways, um, there are parallels between the two in that John was a lot like that at, at 205, that he just moved and he used different weapons in a way that a lot of guys didn't and just brought a, a great versatility. And you saw that from gone where he's, 
you know, coming in with the the big elbows that John would would come in with, just the different stances, the the just uncomfortability of, of attacking knees that John used. So these are all things that we've seen from from Bone Jones before. Obviously, it's not as uh, age wise; it doesn't parallel because John was at such heights at such a young age, but. It's the guy's only been in the UFC for a couple of years, even if he got a, a much later start. So uh, a really, really great performance from him, man. I, I mean, you can't do anything but sit back and, and, and marvel at his work. And it was a, a big pressure situation. I thought that was going to get to him a little bit. I think based on the week, you probably thought that maybe it was actually getting to Derek in some ways, you know, the hometown kid who, you know, I don't know what the road leads to him getting back to a championship fight again. I think that he's still got time to do that uh, in that it's the heavyweight division. If it comes about the right matchup, he still has a win over Francis Ngannou. So if he gets a win over the right guy and Francis is still sitting atop the mountain, he's not completely out of it yet. But he didn't look like, you know, he he just has these performances for time to time in his career where it looks like, it's not a measure of like the lights are too bright, but it seems like he just comes into it. And one guy just has a little bit too much in his toolbox for him to deal with. You know, he has some sensational wins against some really good guys. So his resume is very, very good, but his couple of attempts at getting UFC gold have not gone well for, for Derek Lewis. And just almost was like the fight for him didn't even really start until it was almost ending. He didn't. Uh, he didn't really have a key onto where to go in on on Cyril Gan. Um, a lot of that had to do with what Cyril was doing to his leg, and so it was tough for him to get in and, and really cause anything. He tried to engage in a couple of clinches that always got into Cyril getting the uh, the advantage. So, you know, I just didn't. I, I, outside of him catching Gan in a, in a huge mistake, I didn't think anything really appeared like he was going to be able to turn the fortunes of this fight for himself in a real positive, positive way. You know, he still possesses that that bomb power, and so any fight that he's going to be in is fun. But, yeah, you look at his performances now in, in two title fights between Ghana, between Daniel Cormier, really hasn't been in the fight at all, and uh, that's disappointing for for a guy where – I think a lot of people would like to see Derek Lewis get to that mountaintop, um, kind of in the yoke of like a Cowboy Cerrone. You'd love to just see him get over the edge. You see all these records that he piles up. You see all the guys, the great guys that he has beaten. But you get to this top stage, and, and he just hasn't hasn't come through. And yet, you have a guy in Gone who is now uh, right here at the doorstep. As far as him winning the belt tonight, um, you know, I, I alluded to this a little bit earlier. It just kind of had a bit of an empty feeling with him getting that belt wrapped around his waist. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I thought a lot of the uh, the explanations of it this week were bullcrap from Dana White, where he was like something to the effect. Well, first of all, they're taking shots at Francis in the middle of in the lead up to it, uh, where they're like, "Oh, if he wants to go vacation around the world and not defend his belt, that's fine. You know, we'll be here waiting." Um, and more and more, it just seems like the UFC, I just feel like is, I, I give them a lot of credit for getting through this pandemic with really never stopping. They really did pivot and have brought a lot of entertainment, but I do feel like in some ways, um, they are bastardizing a lot of the things that they did 
to make them so favorable with the combat sports fan. This tonight was so boxing on by their part. And even the explanations, you know, it was just like, well, we have this fight and this is by far the best two heavyweights in the world. And Dana's saying, oh, Derek, well, he, you know, beat Francis Ngannou. Well, we all know that was a terrible fight. Yeah, he technically has a win over it. But it's not like that's a, you know, that that's one on on Derek's resume that he really wants to write home about. That fight sucked. And for Cyril, he's just bursting onto the scene. So it's just like. You want a guy like that? Do you want the coronation to be against a guy like Derek Lewis? I don't think so. I think you want it to be actually against the guy. Now, look, he's going to get his opportunity, and that's great. But I think back to like when Dustin Poirier won the interim championship against Max Holloway, and you're like, well, he beat mother bleeping Max Holloway. And Max is a, a former featherweight champion, is looked upon as you know one of the best pound for pound ever do. Derek's not that. He's one of the best heavyweights on the planet, don't get me wrong, but um, I think everybody's kind of always just looked at him as a guy who's gotten to the doorstep but not fully across. Maybe if Cyril would have done it against Stipe, it would have felt a little bit different. Um, if he would have done it against John, maybe it would have been a little bit different. I don't know. There was just there was just a feeling of uh, lack of... Uh, there, was a la- there was just a lack of... Um, I don't know climax with it like there's a lack of uh, of 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 excitement with him getting the uh, the interim belt because I don't think anybody was really into this being a title fight anyway it felt like a number one contender fight and it ended up looking like a number one contender fight it didn't feel very much like a a championship fight especially because it was very very one-sided um again gone has nothing to you know gone has no blame in that that he was so dominant against his opponent that's great by him I just didn't get the feeling out of this like, oh, man, that's what we were all waiting for. This really, really proves it. Um, And then some of the explanations this week, like I don't understand a sport that has done so much to like cut out the bulb leap of fighting. And that's why a lot of people gravitated to the UFC. You know, it's always been the best fight, the best. And, you know, we'll figure everything else out. And more and more, it's just like, yeah, but we're also going to do this. And yeah, we're also going to go in this other direction. And sometimes it's okay. You know, sometimes it ends up with like, you know, Dustin versus Connor. You're going to main event a pay-per-view with it. It's a pay-per-view worthy fight. But sometimes you have this where it's like, well, it's not really a pay-per-view worthy fight, but if we spice it up with a title, will you all be interested in it? And I don't really know. I don't know if anybody, I don't know what that did for anybody. Um, I think certainly Cyril got a lot of respect in people's eyes, but I don't think anybody really thinks of him as the champion. You know, like White uh, came out this week, and he's like, well, this reminds me of the old boxing days, IBF versus WBC, and you're like, well, what? Because Francis had the great explanation. He goes, well, you're the same promotion. There's no, you're the only sanctioning body here. You're you're literally making up both titles as it goes. This is not one ranking system going against another ranking system. You have all the ranking systems. It makes no sense. So... I don't understand that. And I just thought that off the win that Francis had when he got the championship and the way that he did, I felt like the UFC had a rock star in the making. And 
you know, it, their beef or whatever's going on between Dana White and Francis Ngannou, whatever the hell is going on there, they've had this opportunity, I really feel like, to put forth a, a super-duper fight that has nothing to do with Conor McGregor, where it would have been John Jones versus Francis Ngannou, and first we had the paycheck squabble with John, then we have the paycheck squabble with Francis, and now it's just like, oh, okay, well, neither one of them are going to work. We're going to just make this guy who's had like three fights in the UFC that anybody's ever seen, um, and he's our champion now. He's our other sanctioned champion the hell is this like what have we what have we turned into what am i what am i watching every week what are the fights that matter so that to me and i and i and i think in a lot of ways probably took some people's enjoyment out of what cyril was able to do tonight and um you know it probably squandered some of that i think that some fans will look at this and be like yeah it's you know it's great you know great but he walks out of that building with that belt, and you're just like, ah, yeah, but he's not the guy. He's not the guy right now. And it's not that he can't be the guy. I genuinely do believe that. I watched a guy who does have the capability of beating Francis Ngannou tonight. Um, now, I think Francis right now has a little bit more of the aura with him. Now, they were teammates, so maybe that's never going to – it looks like nothing affects Gon. they got to be honest with you. The guy seems like a little bit of an MMA cyborg. Um but, you know, Francis is a little bit more the explosion. He's, you know, ha- is now as seems like he's put all those nerves that affected him early in his career that that's behind him. So, look, it's going to be a fantastic fight. Don't get me wrong. I just don't understand why we have to act like Cyril Gaon is some champion of the world right now. He's not. He's the number one contender with a nice piece of jewelry. And that's it. Um, he's not another sanction. He's not the IBF champion. He's not the WBC champion. And the fact that you have the president of the UFC uh, hearkening back to the days like this is the four kings, it's not, dude. I don't know what to tell you. You know, you're the one making this stuff up as you go. Because you're just like, well, if Francis wants to go on vacation, what? He won the title two months ago. What are you talking about? If he wants, yeah, I would think, does he get a vacation? Sarah, you better be ready to up and defend that interim belt in uh, three weeks' time. Otherwise, who knows? Then he'll start making the WBO champion. Dana White will just start making his own sanctioning bodies within his own, within his own sanctioning body. It's weird, man. It's weird that we got all this going on. So we'll get back into the rest of the card, you know, coming on up because it was a it was a a decent night. It was a decent night. Uh, not not the most memorable pay per view in the world, but certainly. Uh, with gone winning the way that he did, dominant performance from him. Um, certainly, I, I I I bought into a lot of what the the broadcast was saying that he's got some things in in heavyweight that people have been waiting for. He's not that big bruiser. He's he's so quick on his feet. He's got a lot of versatility that he's bringing. I think we saw you know maybe a little bit of this with uh, we've seen some of the well roundedness with a guy like Stipe. We've seen some of the tremendous striking with the hands with a guy like Junior Dos Santos. We've seen the excellent wrestlers with Daniel and and um, with Kane Velasquez. But this guy, he's kind of just he does look like whatever the next evolution of of the UFC heavyweight is. The two guys who have belts right now look like that. Like Francis Ngannou looks like he was built in a damn laboratory. Cyril Gaon, 
looks like he is, you know, if you were crafting a video game character and you cranked up all of his rankings on everything, body, uh, uh, you know, strength, quickness, um, great stuff with kicks, great stuff with punches, elbows, all that. He's got all of that cranked up on him. So they, 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 you know, it's going to look like a big clash of the Titans. I just wish that tonight didn't come under the circumstances that it did. We'll take a quick break. We'll get into more of the card coming up right after this. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Thank you for tuning in. We'll roll on with a little bit more UFC 265. Now, last night we did get a tweet from Francis Ngannou after the victory from Cyril Ghan. He says, impressive performance from Ghan. He's now a legit contender. See you soon, boy. When you know, you know. Hashtag UFC 265. Got to get the hashtag in there, of course. Uh, otherwise people won't know what to search when it comes to that for France Ngannou. But I agree. Like that's that, that was, I think the great thing about, about Cyril is he did get this showcase, uh, against Derek Lewis and a guy that look, if you want to MMA math it, Derek Lewis does have a win over Francis Ngannou. So I do think that it's a big step and I think it's going to look the former teammates. I think the lead up, if they package it right, is going to be great. Uh, gone, obviously not the most vocal dude in the world. So it's going to be mostly like, let's see the dude just work out warrior with the battle ropes and all that type of stuff. Francis, all you got to do, just roll the tape on his, uh, on his, uh, on his knockout reel. And then, uh, you know, it's going to be a fascinating thing about really getting what his side of the story is on all of this. Um, and just seeing what he has to, has to say about all of this, but look, you know, Interim titles, as far as it's been, you know, it, it's the last one that I remember really just not making sense. And I was just like, what, what are we doing? Was uh, when Colby ended up winning the interim title against Tyron Woodley. Because Tyron Woodley, it was like a month's difference between the two fighting. And I was just like, well, what do we, we want to see those guys fight. We're dying to see those guys fight. Why are they doing this? And it just didn't make sense. And look, Colby showed himself to be a very, very worthy guy of having the belt. Like he was a top contender at the time. Um, and Tyron's time was kind of winding down, but it, like that was the fight to make. I don't understand why it didn't happen. And with this one, it's kind of the similar way. It's like, well, we have a champion. We have a fight. All the fans want to see, and it's Francis versus John Jones. Why aren't we seeing it? And you know, the money is, you know, the, you know, the answer is money. Money is the money answer, um, but I just, I, I just, uh, they come along so, like, I I never expected the UFC to be a spot where it's like, you have the fight that you want to make, you know, because they've, you know, dabbled in bringing in Brock Lesnar to fight guys and all that type of stuff, been used as leverage with Brock Lesnar and all that type of stuff, but Francis and John Jones, genuine super fight, it's just like, yeah. We'll just let it pass by. And now the fans are back. You know, I kind of would have gotten it while a guy, well, we can't sell tickets to it. Now you can. Now you can. So it's just very strange to me. But that's all I got really to to, to harp on that. You know, we'll we'll keep following along, and, and I'll look forward to that fight. Uh, in the co-main event, you had Jose Aldo with a win over Pedro Munoz. Uh, great performance from Jose, man. He is, uh, he, he really is a, a joy to watch. And it was funny because, you know, he's become so boxing heavy and you just think about the guy that destroyed at featherweight for so long with those leg kicks 
he was like the OG of that, just like be- beating up your legs and really, really taking your will that way and all that type of stuff. And then just became very, very hands heavy. And he's and listen, and has not been shy about saying how much he wants to box. He's in love with boxing. But because he's so good at it and you can tell that he dedicates a lot to it, uh, he does a lot of boxing things that a lot of UFC fighters don't. His ability to throw combinations, the hand speed that he has, um, his his willingness to attack the body with those hands is, you know, there's not a lot of guys that match that. And then you think about the speed now that he even has going down in weight. He's all, he, he's in a weird, it's weird to say this, he's only 35 years old when you think about how long he's been fighting, how long ago, it was six years ago that he was champion, um, well, five years ago that he was uh, he was interim champion, but he was uh, but the last time that he was like Jose Aldo untouchable, we're talking like six seven years ago, and he's still uh, in a lot of ways just has just such lightning skills with those hands, um, broke a significant strike record for him today. Like he really just dominated Pedro Munoz on the feet, couldn't keep up with him, uh, was getting hit with a lot of stuff that he didn't see coming, a lot of great angles, and then. Then it was interesting because then in the last round, Jose started uncorking some big leg kicks, ended up dropping Pedro Munoz with the leg kick. Um, so really, really just just took it to him. But a great performance from Jose, who now uh, gets another win after uh, he's now got a couple straight after losing that fight to Piotr Jan. Um, Bantamweight's been successful for him. Even the Marlon uh, Marias fight, we all remember that was one that we all felt he got screwed. That's what led to him getting the Piotr Jan fight. Um and who knows? There's so many fun fights to make in this weight class too, for for him. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see Jose. He's still doing the damn thing, man. He still looks exciting, and the skills that he brings with those hands is is just so so impressive. Every single time that he steps into the cage, um, I would say that welterweight tonight. I mean, this uh, in the in the fight before that was. Um, was really, really exciting because this fight, you know, I said like this card just had a little bit of everything. You know, it wasn't wasn't one of those cards where you I think were left with your, uh, you know, your mouth on the floor. But it did just have a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Vicente Luque versus Michael Chiesa being one of those where, you know, a lot of people probably went into this. You know, Michael Chiesa has kind of been looked upon as the the dark horse of this division. Uh, the new life that he's had at welterweight. Everybody thinks that. He's a guy who's a sneaky contender and can do some real things that he's found his home. And Vicente Luque, I think, was being a little bit overlooked going into this. But Vicente Luque, I mean, you want to talk about a guy. We talk about Jose Aldo looking fun. Vicente Luque is a fun fighter in this division and brings something that's a little bit different. Like he he goes and he finishes fights and he does it in really, really entertaining ways. And now has won a couple of fights in a row with the Darce choke and looked like he was in a little bit of danger because, you know, Kiesa and him got into a little bit of a striking exchange. Kiesa then ends up on top, not a place that you want to be. And a lot of people probably think that he's in a bad spot there, even understanding some of the skills that, that Vicente brings in. Kiesa, you know, he gets wrapped around. You think, e, this is kind of boa constrictor time. This is going to be a bad time. And instead gets it reversed on him and ends up getting choked out. Huge, huge win for Vicente Luque. Very, very impressive by him. And then does the call out of Kamaru Usman afterwards, which it's interesting. That Sanford MMA, man, Kamaru's former home. Everybody's like kind of gunning for the king there. 
And uh, I remember interviewing him, and he's like, yeah, you know, like all these coaches, they're gassing up the, the, the JV team, and they're all looking for that win over him. Um, how good is his case for it? Well, I'll say this. Usman did tweet out. He did give props, so I'm sure this has to go to some of the respect that he has for Vicente. But he said, uh, he said tonight, he tweeted out, you look great, my man. We might be dancing soon. So, I and Kamara's been about that, where he's like, you know, these contenders, I want to see guys who will go out there and fight a lot and do things that are impressive. And he's really, he, he's got that going. I think for him, one of the things that, if, if I were him, while this is happening, I would do whatever I can. And I don't know if uh, this is going to be agreed upon because it feels like the direction things are going would be Leon Edwards versus Jorge Masvidal. But the way I would be dying to go if I were him were to go take out Leon Edwards. I would do everything because Leon's got the win over him. It was a long time ago. It was four years ago. But even still, if you're a guy with the record of Leon Edwards, you're going to always point to that and be like, really, you're going to give this guy the fight over a guy I beat? I'd be doing whatever I can uh, to go make that happen and, and make it seem like, hey, I deserve that fight. Um, I, I deserve to 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 go and, and, and make that happen. Um, obviously, you know, it's going to be tough. He's not going to fight Gilbert Burns. Burns is in his corner, so that's not going to happen. Uh, Masvidal, like, like, I don't know if you go and beat the guy who just lost twice to the champion. I don't know how much that does for you. I think that does more for Leon just as a, as a, as an upping of the, uh, notoriety, but you know, he would have to do something. I think wild to Jorge to, to really like make people go like, whoa, He's got to fight for the uh, the championship, but he beat number five, man. Like uh, Steve Wonderboy Thompson just lost. He could avenge that fight. Uh, Leon Edwards, he's lost to Kobe's got Kobe's got the date. So he's kind of out. So, yeah, you're looking at that top. There's only like really two options, and it's either avenge the loss to Steve Wonderboy Thompson, who I think would definitely do it because, you know, he wants to get back into that picture again. And Luke's, you know, got some buzz to him now. And then. If I'm him and the Masvidal thing isn't going to happen, let's say Masvidal goes in another direction, you know, maybe Masvidal fights Connor, maybe Masvidal fights Nate Diaz again, I would be doing everything I can to make that Leon Edwards fight. Because what he has that Leon does not is that people are like, wow, they're left like, oh, man, did you see that? That was like the, you know, people were saying like that was the craziest jujitsu exchange I've seen to end a fight in a long time in the UFC. Some were saying some of the, one of the best in history. Um, listen, I'm no hoist Gracie, so I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I, I can't tell you where it was in the Pantheon. All I know is when I watched it, it was awesome. And for me, um, if I'm Vicente, I'm like, all right, I know that Kamaru is got Colby. What can I do in the interim? Because I want to continue to stay active for one. I want to keep my name hot and I want to make myself undeniable. And the only thing that really keeps him off of it right now is that, okay, he's not really fought Kamaro, so that's one plus in his side. But he has a loss to a guy who's won a lot in a row, and Kamaro also respects, I think, in Leon Edwards. So he's got to get that one. Uh, I think he's got to get that one avenged for himself to really solidify himself. Tisha Torres got a win over Angela Hill. Uh, nice win for him. Song Yadong got himself a win over Casey Kenny. Um Close, uh, close decision there. Although I thought, you know, Casey Kenny had the thing. He went up on the 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 uh, the guy. Both him and Angela Hill having the arms. Race. I thought they both clearly lost the fights, but uh, that was just me. 
Uh, honestly, one of the better fights of the night was the 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 feature prelim between Rafael Fiziev versus Bobby Green. That fight was awesome. First of all, it was a great striking contest between them both, and they were like showboating nonstop throughout the fight. It was like staring each other down. They were shimmying. They were like uh, they were like posing after hitting. I love fights like that, man. Where there's like uh, where they're both realizing that they're doing awesome stuff to each other as it's going on. Tremendous, tremendous uh, fight by both of those guys. They put on a hell of a show. Um, Alonzo Menafield, he basically did everything but hit Ed Herman with a two-by-four. Somehow, Ed Herman was still standing by the end of it, but uh, a downer performance by by uh, by Menafield. And then uh, Manel Kopp got himself a KO, flying KO, Odie Osborne. He got the uh, the flying knee. Knocked him out. That was in the future prelim. I didn't catch that. Uh, it wasn't. It was one of those things where I was like, "Oh, future prelim is probably on like UFC Fight Pass or plus." I just didn't have that fired up, so I missed. Uh, I missed the early prelims on it, but I did see that on uh, on Twitter. So, like I said, um, it's not one. I think I wouldn't exactly call the card a classic, but it had a little bit of everything. It was a little bit of a buffet. You, you could go and say, "Yeah, I get a little bit of this, little pinch of this, little that, little this," and. Uh, that's was uh that's what you got with UFC 265. A little bit of everything. It was uh it was a fun night. Uh it was a fun night to see all the stuff that uh unfolded with uh with this show down in Houston, Texas. The next uh the next pay-per-view that's going to come up is in September. Uh and they they unveiled that card tonight, the whole card. And I think we kind of had an idea of what was coming, but man, this upcoming pay-per-view card, if it all stays together cuz you got always Hold your breath with uh, with COVID and, and all that type of stuff. But this card coming up on, what is this, September 25th. So it's a while. You know, it's kind of, it's actually, you think about that, that's a, that's a pretty big break between UFC pay-per-views. Um, normally, it feels like it's been cranking out like every four weeks. So that's, what are we talking? That's like six, seven weeks from now. So a little bit of a break. But um, you got, I, I, I imagine part of the strategy to that one, there was a thought that Canelo was going to be fighting. Although they've already, you know, they've snuffed out Canelo one time. But um, Canelo was thought it was going to be Mexican Independence Day weekend. They probably thought not a great weekend to be on there. Uh, and then the other one was you got Pacquiao coming up later this month. So maybe they're trying to bridge some space between that with the boxing pay-per-views. You know, the the whole avoidance thing. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, although Dana has said a lot of that stuff's overrated um, and that fight fans find it. But I would say if fight fans are finding it, they're probably not paying for every single one. They're finding it, but I don't know if they're dropping uh, you know, $150 a night. Uh, but this card that they unveiled tonight, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. Man, Valentina Shevchenko, Lauren Murphy. Awesome. Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. Obviously a huge one. You want to see Nick Diaz come back. Uh, Robbie Lawler, one of my favorite fighters to watch fight. Curtis Blades versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Um, both really in the mode of like, hey, what you know, what? How can we revamp and get ourselves back into the mix? So a, a real huge heavyweight fight for them. Jessica Andrade versus uh, Cynthia Calvillo, huge. Um, you know, it just just a really, really, really good card coming up that they unveiled tonight on the broadcast we'll take a quick break when we come back we get to a little bit of the boxing news speaking of canelo we have an update on that and we got a guest coming on up in the program so you got the pfl playoffs you know we had rory mcdonald on a couple of weeks uh, ago as you have pfl's coming to the hard rock 
for three cards starting this week. And like Rajabov, he is uh, he he is the Jaguar Paw. That is his nickname. We will learn a little bit from Loik, his journey, where he comes from, how he got such a badass nickname. We will hear from him coming on up, plus some of the boxing news and notes from the world of the sweet science. We're back after this. Welcome back, everybody. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. So I said this, uh, the PFL, uh, they are coming to the Hard Rock for their playoff series. Kayla Harrison's going to headline a card in a couple of weeks. But you got Rory McDonald, who we had. If you guys missed that show, we talked to the Red King a couple of weeks ago about uh, this upcoming show, his training down here in South Florida. Really, really fun interview with Rory McDonald. Uh, go check it out on the podcast or on the YouTube page with our sit down with Roy. But got another chance when I was at Sanford MMA to talk to this individual, Loik Rachabov. Listen, he needed a translator there. Uh, he's he he is uh, he's an absolute monster. His nickname is the Jaguar Paw. Which I mean, come on, bro. Like what, what you know? You tell me you got a uh, you got a guy whose nickname is Jaguar Paw. I'm already in, but he doesn't speak English, so I had to do it with his uh, his translator, Glenn, there. He's at a Tajikistan. He, you're going to hear two voices there. You hear Loik, you hear Glenn in English. Glenn's going to be telling us what he's saying. But uh, I, this was kind of thrown for a loop. They're like, hey, you want to talk to this guy? I'm like, you know, look, you're going to give me the opportunity to do this kind of an interview. I'm in. And so uh, let's hear a little bit from Loik, the Jaguar par, Raj Kibov, and what he's got coming up this week at the Hard Rock. Very exciting time coming down here to South Florida. It's been a hotbed of fighting. And one of the guys who is going to be an absolute terror coming up in the PFL cage at the Hard Rock Casino on August 13th, Loic Rajabov is joining us here with his uh, translator, Glenn. Thanks so much for the time, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, so, Loic, you know, this, uh, this opportunity for the tournament to start up, how excited are you to get another chance at Alex and, uh, and lead you away for a chance at a million dollars? Наступает время боя. Насколько uh, ты рад тому, что ты опять выступаешь против своего оппонента и шанс на выигрыш миллиона долларов? Ну, у меня эмоциональный такой взгляд 50 на 50, потому что я считаю, что ну, я точно выиграл в первом бою, у меня нету такого, но с другой стороны я хочу, чтобы финишировать, чтобы не оставить никаких там вопросов. Well, he does have mixed feelings in reference to this particular fight coming up because uh, not only he feels this way, but 99.9% of everybody who saw the fight uh, believed that he won the first fight. So uh, he has mixed feelings about doing this again. But nevertheless, the positive side of it is that he has a chance to uh, show everybody that, you know, he's gonna, this time is going to be a stoppage for sure. Does that does that uh, motivate you in training, knowing you feel like you got the short end of it, you got screwed by the judges in the last time around? Like, how much has that been a factor if you wanted to press the gas on this one to go finish this uh, this next time around? Спрашивают, так как даже вот ему очевидно, что судьи нехорошо поступили, дали победу незаслуженно твоему сопернику в прошлом бою. Насколько это является мотиватором в этот раз проявить? более яркий бой сделай так как ты хочешь чтобы бой был остановлен конечно я хочу финишировать чтобы не оставить никаких вопросов но так как я 
единогласно выиграл, еще раз повторяю, у меня не так уж сильная мотивация, чтобы это делать, потому что есть бои, вот, допустим, с Натаном у меня была мотивация, потому что он э, тоже показал из э, своего стороны, а этот ничего не показал, поэтому я даже не знаю, я выиграл, и мне придется повторно так выиграть, чтобы больше не обокрали меня так. To get the victory and uh, when he fought Nathan in last season uh, Nathan showed something he actually performed even though he still felt that you know he was the victor at that end and uh, now he's really not excited about this coming up fight because you know he did it already he feels that he won everybody else who saw the fight felt the same way so this time he's just going out there and uh, and making it happen in a different manner All right, like Jaguar Paw, our audience. This is one of the coolest nicknames I've ever heard. How did you come up with the nickname Jaguar Paw? Is this one of your favorite? One of my favorite big cats. What is this? One of your favorite animals? Uh, и все это интересует. Это я сам не знал, когда меня объявили, когда меня объявили на моем втором профессиональном бою, сказали, что Лейк Раджабов по кличке Лапа Ягуара. Я сам удивился, но с другой стороны, мне самому тоже нравится этот вид животных, потому что они хищники, я ну, я, хотя я человек, я самый лучший создание в мире, но есть там и характеры, инстинкты, которые, допустим, я сейчас дерюсь. Ну, как, я тоже люблю, когда, если я начинаю хватать, то не отпускаю. Поэтому, я думаю, это сочетается, да, вот. Луи got this nickname during his second professional bout, and when he entered the ring, He didn't even know that he was going to be called the Jagaropo, but it was his trainer that um, gave him that nickname because he saw the style that Loic fights in was rele relevant to the fact how this ferocious animal attacks its victims. And if something gets into its grasp, it doesn't let go. And, you know, it uh, just gets the job done. Yeah, you know? history. It's, The rest is history. <laughs> uh, before we get you out of here, um, one, what is it like training down here in South Florida? You're getting the opportunity to fight in South Florida. And uh, training at a gym like this with so many other great fighters, seasoned fighters, how much do you feel like that improves your game? Uh, it's very interesting с хорошей командой, с хорошим тренером. Как вообще тебе здесь жизнь и насколько э, тебе нравится тот факт, что ты будешь скоро выступать тоже на этой платформе? Конечно, я перед тем, как приехать сюда, я думал, я э, посмотрел, где мне лучше тренироваться. 
и приехал, мне понравился Сенфор, я увидел их там команда через интернет, потом приехал, меня хорошо встретил э, тренер Хенри, и мы сразу нашли общий язык, мне сильно нравится тренер, потому что он хороший человек и хороший тренер, я чувствую себя здесь комфортно и здесь очень много профессионалов, которые можно от них тоже научиться, здесь много топовых бойцов и я тоже стал часть их, мы как, как, это, да, как тренер всегда повторяет, что мы здесь как семья, вот, мы помогаем друг друга, вот так. Когда Лойк пришел в Флориду, прежде чем приехал в Флориду, он уже видел этот джим на интернете, и он реально хотел посмотреть, что это было, быть здесь. Когда он приехал сюда, он был встречен с открытыми руками от тренера Хенри и всех остальных сотрудников. Он показал ему много любви. Ребята, like family and he's very grateful to everybody here for accepting him here and he's uh you know he's learning a lot from these top fighters that do train it's and samford and uh you know he's he's just grateful for everything and he feels that you know all the love that he's being shown by everybody here is just phenomenal uh the atmosphere here is perfect for his training and uh you know the coach the trainer is um is really doing the things that he feels are making him better and he's constantly learning new things he's constantly improving and uh he's just very grateful and thankful to everybody here for giving him this opportunity to be here well we're grateful and thankful for the time loik uh catch him august 13th hollywood hard rock guitar hotel at the hard rock live there the new building uh you'll see him in action the lightweight playoff start off for pfl you guys can catch it on espn and we appreciate the time thank you you're welcome Thanks again to Loic for the time. Really appreciate him. Looking forward to watching his fight. And thanks again to Glenn for translating us, us there. And, and also to the PFL and for Sanford MMA for the hospitality and having us there a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, one big boxing note, I would say, that came out of this week. One, Michael Hunter. He got himself a knockout this week um, on the Triller card. We had Michael Hunter on the show. He put out Mike Wilson's lights. Huge right-handed. A big one for Michael Hunter. I think that he is... Uh, Looking to definitely garner some buzz. And, you know, I tell you what, man, Michael, Michael Hunter's got himself uh, uh, some good charisma, some honesty, you know, not afraid to say things, not afraid to, to, to um, upset some people, rock the boat a little bit. So I think that this is a, a nice little run that he's got in, in him, a nice little opportunity to, to really, if I were him, try and just rattle the cages of all the contenders like we talked about with him. Like the titles are kind of held hostage right now. It's it's uh, it's Tiante versus Tyson Fury. It's going to be uh, uh, Anthony Joshua against Alexander Usyk. Uh, Usyk and Hunter have fought before, so that's got a natural lineage to it. Um, and he also said it's a bad fight for Anthony Joshua, so he's got some expertise in that. But a good win for him. The big other boxing note that is uh, that made the rounds this week we found out on Friday. So Canelo. Uh, is not going to be fighting on September 18th. He is going to be fighting in November. This is according to Eddie Hearn. They're going to go back to the well and try and make the Caleb Plant fight, which, by the way, makes all the sense in the world. Uh, the reasons that it came out that they didn't do the fight, 
they didn't make very good sense. I mean, it was basically the fact that Canelo wanted assurance of guarantee. So he wanted like 40 million guarantee no matter who the opponent was. There you know, so if it basically saying that he wanted to fight September 18th no matter what one of the 40 million guaranteed if Caleb Plant for whatever reason can fight COVID uh whatever that Whoever is a replacement for it doesn't matter. He gets the, the $40 million, which is tough because, again, if this was DAZN, I would kind of get the, uh, the, the, uh, the demand because what is it? It's subscription. I don't think the fans are going to cancel the subscription if he's fighting Caleb Plant, Dimitri Bevel, Triple G again, whatever. Um, but pay-per-view is a little bit finicky. He hasn't been on pay-per-view. Um what does a Canelo Caleb plant do on pay-per-view? So I, you know, I got the hesitation. It was a little bit weird, but it felt like for the most part, everything that Canelo asked for basically from the other standpoints, the money, the split, all that. Type of, it seemed like it was in a good spot. Um, I'm not into him fighting Dimitri Bevel. I'm not into it. I want to see Canelo fight one of these young guns finish off this 168 i want to see him stick around 168 i don't really have a lot of interest in him going up into another weight class right now there's too many good guys in this weight class as far as you think about the charlos the demetrius andres doing the triple g fight again there's just so many options him going off to do another weight class all they're really doing there is saying hey this is canelo going on to take a legitimate champion at the next weight class add to his greatness and that's cool but he already said the accomplishment that he really wanted to cinch up and that was becoming the undisputed super middleweight champion of the world let's stick in that playpen let's not divert off into something else just because you can uh get to some certain place that you like and you like working with eddie hearns guys in the zone that i don't like that let's figure out the fights you're the man you call the shots maybe that's a little bit of what went down is that you want every shot called but again, we're still trying to just at least make the fight happen. Ultimately, you know, we don't want you fighting some dude off the street and you're still getting forty million dollars guaranteed. So, I kind of got the frustration of it. But what I was happy with is, okay, we're not st- we're not married to the date of September eighteenth, Mexican Independence Day weekend. We have a little bit of uh, of of wiggle room there, and now that we're gonna go into a little bit more negotiations, a little bit more of. Uh, give yourselves a little bit more breathing room because, you know, we're kind of running, you know, here on time. Um, I, I I think it works out better. And I think the good thing about this is if it does stick on Fox pay-per-view, you're talking about the promotion they're going to get in the heart of football season, all the entities they'll be able to use every Fox Sunday, basically in football season to promote this same thing with college football. I think it's a brilliant play. You kick the can down the road a little bit. I think it's a better time for him to fight anyway. Um, you put Caleb Plant on some pregame shows. You let him do some of the sell. And, uh, you know, maybe even Canelo does a, a couple of interviews too because, you know, he certainly was uh, chopping it up in English and uh, and and really, like, turning himself into uh, a, a classic meme machine with some of the funny lines he was dropping in that last presser. So I think it's going to actually work out better. That's in November. I think it'll sell more. I think it'll be better off. And I'm glad that that's going to be the case. That's our show for this week, everybody. We'll take, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. You miss any of the show, download the podcast. And we'll talk to you next time. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.